Hello and welcome to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. Stay tuned. Today on the bill, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to get deep into the Yankees and the Mets, get into Giants and Jets training camp talk, and we have some other miscellaneous stuff as well. But don't forget that this podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, as well as Google Play. If you like this fine podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because we love Love when you guys come in to listen every week, and we love nothing more than hear your feedback. So don't forget, leave a little rating, leave a review, drop some stars on iTunes. We love your feedback. Today we're going to talk about the Yankees with their looming pennant race and their coming series with the Boston Red Sox and New York Mets. Also some football news now with the Giants and Jets officially starting training camp. Jay Cutler is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And also Josh Rosen of UCLA had some choice words, but... As always, a word from our presenting sponsor. Wooter Apparel is the number one shop for all custom uniforms and apparel. It has the lowest prices, two to three week turnaround, every sport and any design you can imagine. WooterApparel.com or hit them up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Wooter Apparel. That's W-O-O-T-E-R Apparel. And the best part is use discount code SBNY at your purchase for a special discount, depending on your purchase, and that's discount code SBNY. So don't forget to look them up on social media. That's at Wooder Apparel. And give them a shout because they can design anything you can imagine. But before we get started today to talk about all the things we're going to talk about, let's introduce our guest first, co-founder. SportsBlogNewYork.com. Phil DeMail, what's up? How we doing? Welcome back. Dude, welcome back. I was on Lake George. You you warned me that it was going to be beautiful, that it was going to be a great time, and I had a fantastic time. I feel like it's a different world. It's four it, hours away, but it's just like, it's not New York City. It's, it's perfect. Not perfect, but it's nice. It is real nice. I mean, the lake's beautiful. The mountains are beautiful. I got to do some boating, some hikes. It was fantastic. And you, uh, you, you warned me. You said you're going to have a great time. You're not going to come back, and I didn't want to. You were very relaxed. Exactly. You got a little tan going, too. And now we got Joe Style back in the house, another co-founder of SportsBlogNewYork.com. What's up, Joe? How you doing, Pete? Happy to be back. Yeah, man. I haven't seen you in a while. I feel like we haven't talked since, uh, was it NBA draft yeah, season? NBA draft. Oh, my goodness. Well, summer, this is my first time back. What have you been doing since the NBA draft? He's a teacher. Doesn't nothing. nothing. <laughs> time off. You know, went a couple vacations, just enjoying the nice weather. I blabbed about one of my vacations. Where were you at? I went to Curacao, actually, which is right next to Aruba. What? Beautiful island. So I had a nice little vacation there. You got the glow working right yeah, now, too. I, I see it. A little tan. <laughs> That's awesome. That was my tan for my computer screen. Nice. You're, you got the nice uh, the nice wide eye look. I got the Jersey Shore tan. <laughs> the Jersey Shore tan ain't too bad, either. It ain't too bad. But since I was gone, the Mets still stink. You know, the Yankees are floating kind of where they are, even though they made a little move. Phil, I know you've been pretty bought into this Yankee season so far. What have you felt about this past week or so? Because I've been out of touch. I haven't even been. I haven't watched a Yankee game since uh, right now. Um, nothing really has happened. We split in Cleveland. Um, Detroit bad bad loss against Detroit. We're just like threading water right now. Nothing, nothing like magical happening. Nothing, nothing big's happening. Judge is cooling off. Uh, the pitching's like doing well, but the hitting's not hitting when we're pitching. We're hitting the pitchers that like it's, we're not balanced right now. Um, we're right now we're losing versus Toronto. We gotta take two out of three in Toronto because the next ten games is Boston, Mets, Boston. Those are the two biggest Yankees rivals. Those will be hyped up games. The hyped up week and a half. It's gonna be a huge ten games for the Yankees. It'll be make or break. That make or break the season. 
But the Mets, your Mets could do a lot of damage to my Yankees yeah. next week. They could play spoiler. They could play an early, like, it's not completely spoiled, but it's like, you take the air out of the balloon a little bit if they, you lose three or four to the Mets. You know, it's funny the way you said that, because I was on vacation, and I didn't really have much service. I had a little Wi-Fi when I was looking for it, but I was out of touch, right, with the sports world. And I figured, because I listen to sports talk radio, like, way too much for a human being. So I thought I was going to come back the next Monday, start listening to this and that show and this show and that show, and be lost. And be like, oh, what did I miss? What did I miss? Nothing happened. I feel like I missed nothing. nothing the only thing I missed is that, you know, Jay Cutler is the quarterback of the Dolphins now. Like, I, I'm thinking nothing else happened. I think you missed Sonny Gray. Oh, I was here for Sonny Gray at the end. That was, but that was my last. talk about it on air, but. My last hurrah. I, I think he's a great, I think very good trade. Um, I think Jorge Mateo would be really, really good. But the kicker, um, you got Sonny Gray for two more years. And he's, you know, he's top of the line guy. He's proven that. So I think you make the trade every single time. He pitched great versus Cleveland. The defense let him down. Bassett let him down. If it's just tomorrow, you're going to see him versus the Mets. You know, this is the guy the Yankees needed. An ace type pitcher under control. He, that's what Dr. Water for Yankees. If he stays healthy, I mean, he could easily turn into the best pitcher on the staff. Is that correct? Is that fair to say? Um, so I mean, Severino's yeah, been really Severino good. Um, but yeah, you can make that case, definitely. So let me hop over to Joe. And uh, you know how I like to do it over here. We like to bring in the outsider perspective. So you, Phil, are the Yankee fan. You're obviously, you know, hopeful about this season. You're going to give Sonny Gray the benefit of the doubt. But I, I, I would turn... say I think I'm more realistic than Yankee fans. You are. You are. But yeah. still, I'm still, I'm trying to play both sides here. And now I'm going to go over to Joe from the Met fans perspective. He's the person who doesn't really care about the Yankees. No. What do you think about this Sonny Gray deal? And how do you think it will help the Yankees moving forward? Uh, I totally agree with Phil. I thought it was a really good trade, uh, especially with the uncertainty of Tanaka moving forward. Uh, I think he settles in as the number two right now behind Severino. I think that's what they really needed moving into the postseason uh, because I do think they'll make the postseason. But I do think they need another starter. And they added Garcia as well, who could uh, kind of be a back-of-the-rotation guy. But, you know, he's a step up from what they were starting with guys like Sessa. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was a good move from the Yankees. Have under control a good starter like that, um, good move. So how do you guys feel about uh, the Todd father? I mean, I've, I've so, I saw a tweet saying that he's the new Chris Carter or something like that, kind of kind of bagging on him a little bit. But is he putting any sort of steadiness in the lineup? How's he doing so far? Um, he hasn't been great, but I think, ironically, he let a fly on the uh, Chase Headley's ass. Yeah. Chase Headley's been probably the best hitter since he's been gone. It's like, like on question, he's been the best hitter. So, I mean, look at Todd Frazier, the White Sox deal. He was the third best player when you, when you saw the trade. Mm. You got Canley, you got Robertson, bona fide players in the bullpen. So an already great bullpen. Frazier was kind of like the, the kick in, but you know, Yankees going for that bullpen help. And then he did base up, which is nice. Not Frazier's big name, but he hasn't produced at all the last year and a half. Right. So, you know, you're hoping for a home run here and there. You're hoping that the average seeps up. It hasn't since he's been in the Yankees. I mean, like I said, Chase Hilly's been on fire, so, you know, it kind of worked out. I mean, you make, make it start, you make a playoff lineup, he's going to be in it. Right, you're and hoping, that, I, you're I just hear hoping that. you know he somewhat produces. It, it, it was more, it was, it was a bullpen trade. I think you make the trade again because you know if we said Yankees are going for it again. Robertson and Kenley are both under control for next year. I think Kenley has two more years. Wow. So you know he he, he had like seventy seven strikeouts in forty four innings. Like he's he can pitch. Yeah, he's, he's legit. A big pitcher. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny that Todd Frazier is actually you know the biggest name, but by no means it's the like biggest a throw player. In, really. Yeah. He became a throwing, which yeah. is so funny. You know, you look back two years ago. You're like everybody's trying to get right. Todd Frazier. He probably, uh, if I remember correctly, he signed a pretty big deal with with the White Sox when he left yeah. Cincinnati. I mean, but like Phil said, and I remember hearing somebody talking about the Dodgers recently and talking about Adrian Gonzalez coming back from injury. They said 
when the Dodgers are in the playoffs, if Adrian Gonzalez is healthy, it almost doesn't matter that he hasn't played all season because that veteran bat in the lineup like goes way further than maybe the numbers may prove in the, the regular season. That's the question. But a guy like Todd Frazier, who's a veteran bat, who maybe he's not doing that well in the season, once the playoffs come around, you kind of want that guy in your lineup. Yeah, you need him in there. He's got who, a big who's spark. Who's out? That's the question. Think, is he playing first base? How's he doing at first? Is he look, playing any there yet? Bellinger's playing first right now. But no, think, no, I'll, I'll, I was talking back to Todd Frazier. Oh, oh Frazier, Tedley's been playing first. Tedley plays first. Yeah. And he plays third. Yeah. yeah. I, I was back to Frazier. Yeah. No, no, defense is not the problem. It's just he can't really hit the ball consistently. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Dodgers. When the, when the Mets Dodgers played last week, look at that Dodgers lineup. It's like nothing crazy. Like you got Bellinger, Tony, 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 turn is batting 360, 70, whatever. But like other than that, it's like, yeah, this, that's the craziest line that you expect to you know, go 43-7 and seven in 50 games. Like, Joe, how do you yeah. feel about the Dodgers? I, think I, know, I know you're never a big Dodger guy. You always choke, but is this the year? No, I, I really I, – I had this conversation with some of my friends the other day. I really do think this is the year. It I has mean, to be, right? It, there's no other year. Now they have to win, I feel like. If yeah. you go 43-7 and seven or 44-7, and seven, whatever they are right now, and they have all these guys hitting – Bellinger's hitting bombs every day. Turner's hitting 350. Kershaw, Darvish. Jensen's the best closer in the game right now. You got to win. I mean, the time is now. They I'm spend not. all this money. They have by, by far the highest payroll. They're paying Cole for twenty three million this year. Yeah, to oh, not play. Gosh. Adrian Gonzalez, same thing. He's making a bunch of money. And I mean, it's funny you bring up Justin Turner. I heard more and more rumblings about Justin Turner. I think I saw someone Mark DeRosa doing a little uh, rundown of how Justin Turner impacted hitters on the Dodgers. Because you know Justin Turner brought that leg kick into his ep- into his stance, and now he's just been crushing baseballs. He's hitting three fifty, like you said. And then you just sit here as a Mets fan, and you think about Justin Turner, one of the best hitters on the best team in the league, and then you think about Daniel Murphy, one of the other best hitters on the other best team in the league, and the Mets are sitting here saying, we can't pitch, we can't score, we can't defend, we got nothing. And you can't defend Justin Turner, maybe, but Murphy, like, you had him, he broke his whole series, and like, nah. I I mean, I I don't feel feel bad for you guys, it's just... It's tough to watch. I defended the lack of Daniel Murphy signing after the World Series. I got defended that. I thought it was actually like a a forward thinking move by the Mets. And because they traded John Neese for Neil Walker, so it was like, okay, Walker and Murphy, you know, yeah. besides that incredible postseason Babe Ruth like run for Murphy, Similar. it was like, all right, this is the same player and Walker plays better defense, so you're not getting hurt there. But then he goes to Washington and he's hitting behind Bryce Harper and now he's turned into Pete Rose. Like, it's <laughs> he's, unbelievable. He's basically one of the best hitters in the league. Like this doesn't happen to other teams. <laughs> like Justin Turner was like a utility guy. And I, me and my friends, I have this article on my phone right now. We were looking this up the other day. In 2011, Murphy and Justin Turner were both on the Mets. They neither of them started second base. There was a guy named Brad Emos. Yeah. He was the starting second baseman. Murphy was on the bench, and they sent Turner to AAA. So you had two guys that are hitting 340 right now, one and two in the batting race, and neither of them were starting for the Mets. It's just, like, unbelievable. It's like if, if you went back to, like, 2006, right, for the Mets, imagine Ty Wigington left the Mets and became yeah, an all-star. Like, that's what happened. That's Justin Turner. It just does not happen to other teams. Thanks, Ray, right, left the Yankees right now. Became a Altuve. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's like. It's like, who the hell was this guy? He was some schmo. Like he barely played. Like, Mets fans, you know, Mets fans love Justin Turner, right? Like yeah, I mean, all, all baseball love Justin yeah. Turner. But then he went and became even more lovable unless he's on your rival. He became more lovable because he actually became really good. And like Daniel Murphy was always kind of like doofy in the field and like just a good hitter. And now he's an absolute stud. I'm glad you brought up Altuve too because, like we the said. MVP? 
I, I think he's he's right there if if he's not. Yeah. But like we said, we have a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today. Even though it's it's baseball season, it's not like the most pressing of times. I mean, it's a lot of important games for the Yankees, but there's not too much breakdown to go game in and game I mean, out. Next week we're going to see it with the Red Sox and Mets. When once they start playing the Red Sox, last week and a half is like treading water. And then, but you talk about Altuve, and here's a guy who's hitting three sixty four. You know, forty points higher than anybody in the American League. I mean, we all know that he's a tiny guy, but he's hitting, you know, double-digit home runs. Now he almost has 20 home runs. He has 16 right now. He's an absolute stud. He's a great second baseman. How is this like, How is this guy not a superstar in America is my question. Well, I have to come back to the old, you know, baseball camp markets guy. It's just different. It's, it's a national, it's a local sport, not national. Like, Miguel Cabrera, you think Miguel Cabrera was better and he wasn't on any commercials, any, you know, visibility. True. And the only stars they have right now is Harper, Judge, and Trout's like... Trout's Trout, the vanilla you can get when it's, it comes to marketing. The stars in, in the MLB, to me, feel like Clayton Kershaw, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Aaron Judge. And I don't know where any other stars sit. And I think that's... It's so sad to see Jose Altuve be this awesome at his size. And he's done this for years now. And people just forget or don't even care that he's this good... And on one of the, the best local, teams in the league. It's sport. It really is. Yeah. It is pretty wild. And, I mean, I kind of got to this um, with my last pod, that mini pod last week about Odell Beckham being the LeBron James of the NFL, kind of like pushing for NFL players to get paid and to get what they deserve. And he's trying to help non-quarterbacks become stars. You know, he's trying to be the example. We need someone in baseball. Just Bryce Harper needs to be oh, that he's guy. he's so basically. humble. He wants to be the star. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's not humble, but it's about – I know what you mean. It's about, you know, setting the, the foundation for getting yours, basically. And I don't know. Bryce Harper or somebody needs to just, like, do some crazy stuff and get all these guys on the map. The Jose Altuve's of the world. Hopefully Bellinger will become one of these guys. Because there's all these young players in the MLB, and they, they basically mean nothing to the national landscape. Well, um, Joe texted me today. Some interest about Bryce Harper, so MLB Network. A crazy team yeah. was projected to maybe sign him next year. So I'm watching Intentional Talk with uh, Kevin Millar and Chris Rose, and they bring up that Harper just has 150th home run. So they asked uh, which team will hit his 300th home run with. So Millar says Philadelphia. What? So that's what I, that was my reaction. I was like, I, I've heard the Dodgers, I've heard the Yankees, I've heard the Cubs. I was like, I've never heard anyone say Philadelphia. And then Rose agreed with them. And he said, yeah, I, I, that, statistically, like that's the park he's hit best in his whole career. And he wants to break all these records, hit 700 home runs. So they both think that they're going to give him 500 million. They both said 500 million, so half a billion dollars. If they turn out funny, and he's going to go to Philadelphia. What? So Kevin, Kevin, our mock man, yeah. Kevin Kennedy. Kevin Kennedy. He's a Browns and Phillies fan. So I immediately sent that exact text to Kevin. He's like, "Listen, like I've been telling you guys for a while, like Phillies have no money in the books at all, at all next year. Like if they, they're giving him that check." And Bryce Harper's going to maybe have to turn it down if he doesn't want to go there. Wow. I would love to say you heard it here yeah, first. Talk about a, the number one enemy for the Mets going from Nationals to the Phillies. Just stick another knife in the Mets' yeah. heart. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's like he's going to leave your main rivals. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still going to have to fight 19 <laughs> times. And by then, the Phillies are probably good. Yeah, because they have all these young guys. and they've what, been It's the same thing with Murphy. <laughs> go away. Go to the Indians or something. Just get away from the <laughs> Mets. I have a question. Would you rather him be a Yankee or a Philly? I'd rather Yankee. Oh, that is so bad. <laughs> that is so tough. I'd rather him be a Yankee, honestly, for his own good. And Philly doesn't deserve someone that good. 
No, I hate Philadelphia. <laughs> At least the Yankees, you know, have their, their plan is not even plan A is to get Harper. They want to say it is, but like they're building a team. Hey, Bryce, come over here. <laughs> Look who we have. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. If Bryce Harper goes to the Phillies, that would be really upsetting because Philly fans, like Yankee fans, I'm used to dealing with. I've dealt right. with my whole life. They're gonna be good no matter what. Whether they get Harper or not, <laughs> the Yankees gonna be good. Right. I got more exposed to Philly fans when I was in college because I went to college in Jersey. It was one of those places that was split. And Philly fans are more annoying than Yankee fans, so go to the Yankees, Bryce. Do what you've been saying you're going to do for a long time. But we got to start moving. But before we move on to football and some other things, um, let's just talk about this Yankee upcoming week and a half, right? So we got a series with two series with Boston sandwiching a series with the Mets. Yep. What are your expectations going in, and what would what would make you satisfied uh, with like how many wins you have uh, by the end of these couple series? Um. Six and four would be nice. You know, that you, you get Just over. anything over the hump. Uh, yeah. Anything over the hump makes you happy at this point? You, you got to win three versus the Mets. A split, a split would be disappointing to me. Yeah. That would just, you know, ruin one game. It's devastating. But you all, you know that as lopsided as the Mets and Yankees may be, they, they, they always, always play out. so they tight. Always, I know. I know. And it's always like, you know, the better team loses the series. The um, Things like that Real happen quick, all the time. How do you guys feel about the 2-2 two, two format? Except it's the weekend. It should be weekends. One weekend in Yankee, one weekend in City. Now, I don't, just, I don't turn, mind turn it. Turn the week now to Yankee to a City. I don't mind it. It's one of those things that like seems like a big deal in the beginning when you first hear it. You're like, oh. oh was, what, do you, what do you prefer? Um, the, the four games is fine for me. Two and two is cool. It's all back-to-back. Give it to me. A little travel back and forth. I don't mind that. It's a, it's a nice little Yeah, like how they play the, all four games like in a row. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Yankees have a big couple weeks ahead. Um, they've been treading water the past uh, couple, but they quick, still have a nice little hold in the wild card race. Quick stat, so that's um, important. Jeff tweeted this today: Yankees pitchers since All Star break, first in batting average against two hundred eight, first in K's uh, K's in nine ten point one, uh, first in home runs in nine point eight, first in opponent OPS six four three, and first in bullpen ERA one point eight seven. So oh, the pitching wow. guys have been the problem. Wow, no, the those are pretty um, nitpick nitpick stats, but Ed, the truth is in the numbers yeah. there. Uh, before we move on to football, actually, I just want to bring up the fact that on SportsBlogNewYork.com, our website, we had an article that we posted June fifteenth of twenty seventeen. So uh, over two months ago now, or you know, just under two months now, um, my math's kind of off. We posted an article that said free Ahmed Rosario. Why it's time to call up their prized prospect. So now we can say, a month and a half later, the Mets at least call up Ahmed Rosario. And Joe, real quick, give us a little synopsis of what you've seen out of uh, the young stud so far. I've seen that the Mets should have done this uh, three months ago. <laughs> um, he's been good. No, he makes all the plays in the field, which is great to see. Um, the hitting is going to come around eventually. Uh, but he has a lot more speed than I thought, which is great to see. Some athleticism on the Mets. And um, I'm thinking Dominic Smith should be here any day now. So Probably September. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's get him going, Let's right? Let's bring them all up. Sacchini, whatever his name is, I want all of them up. Let Nemo play, too. You know, you got to see what you got. We have nothing to lose, man. Exactly. We got nothing to lose. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'll go say this about Ahmed Rosario. They like the last year. They brought the guys up, you know, they perform. Let them get a taste of the Major League. There's nothing like seeing Major League pitching if you're trying to be a good Major League There's nothing hitter, wrong. Right? Nothing wrong with that. I will say about Ahmed Rosario, he, um, one of those guys doesn't look specifically fast, but his strides yeah. are just so fluid and long. That he flies. All right, well, let's move on. But first off, don't forget, our presenting sponsor, Wooter Apparel. Check them out. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, W-O-O-T-E-R, Apparel, WooterApparel.com, and on all those social media sites. Check out the fire jerseys that they're bringing to you guys. Fully customizable. Any design, any sport you can imagine. Discount code SBNY. 
But let's do a little flip into football because we are very close to the football season. Thank God. Uh, right? Thank God is right. And before we talk football, I want to say this. Even though football season is right around the block, we are 70 days away from the start of the NBA season. I'm very excited. I think, I think I'm going to pronounce it now, and you're going to get the league pass this year. I will 100% have the league pass this year. It's like fun. The past five, seven, six years since my freshman year of college, me and all my friends split it. It's totally worth it. Okay. Um, is there a computer version? Uh, a yeah, you can computer watch version? on your Yeah, I rather just computer than like watch TV. On, well, you, like, yeah. you can watch on your PS4. I was going to say, I know yeah. you have a PS4 over there, yeah. Phil. And you can watch it right on there. It's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 70 days for the NBA season, which is... Sounds like a lot closer than it did in my head. Yeah, it does. and that's basically because this NBA offseason has been so wild. Did they move it up too? And so drawn out a little bit, a couple mm-hmm. days only. Yeah. Uh, the offseason has been so drawn out that the Fun. NBA season sneaking up on us, and the NFL season is even closer than we thought. I mean, I have a hot take. I think the NBA's overall year is more fun than the NFL year. I agree with that. I mean, I think if you t- I think if you totally take fantasy football out of NFL, NBA trumps the NFL. The NBA has so many different things yeah. you can get behind. It's entertaining. It's just it's always entertaining. Just fantasy football is just... Fantasy yeah. football is, the, is the best. I know. But it's if the you, best. If you take that... I know it's very hard to take separate it, but if you separate... Not, you for, not rooting for individual players for your own game. Right. The NBA storylines and their, you know, the legacy stuff is I think it's better than the NFL. So, like, wait. Let me throw a hypothetical out there for you. Say you're a huge Antonio Brown fan, mm-hmm. right? That's your favorite player in the, in the league. But he's not. There's no fantasy football, or he's not on your fantasy team. Are you tuning into a Steelers game to watch Antonio Brown, like for the whole he's game? He's my favorite player. Yeah, but he's, he's I don't even mean. I don't like, mean. If I like, if I like, you're gonna watch AJ Green play. You're gonna watch Bengals play. If you're not fantasy football, right? That's trying to get. That, like, that's what yeah. I'm trying to get. At. Like, I'll, I'll put on the um, Timberwolves. I watch Timberwolves now, but I watch, I watch like a Nuggets game, a, a, like a West Coast game, just you, to watch, you watch Nikola Jokic. Yeah. You'll yeah, check yeah, out Jamal Murray like the whole night. Different between both leagues, I think. I feel like there's. I mean, I'm saying MLB. The MLB network at night is really yeah. A plus program. I mean, they flop, they go back and forth every game. It's you basically you don't need that. You don't need that great, a, great analyst. Yeah, too. when you got you have guys like Pedro Martinez breaking down pitchers, and you know that's big time. He's one of the best pitchers of all time. Yeah, for real. I mean, it's like Red Zone every night. Yeah, yeah right? it really is. And that's fantastic. That's the that's the best way like, to watch baseball. When Kershaw pitches, you basically watch the Dodgers game because they don't. They, when he's pitching, he's on the TV. As it should be, because that dude's ridiculous. <laughs> all right, let's flip over to football. Let's talk about. The New York Jets. All right. So, if you don't know who this really man quick, is, really quick. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> what I got? Oh, you want to talk about the Jets really quick? Oh, really quick? I thought you yeah. you had something really quick. No. Well, I think what I'm going to talk about here is kind of funny. So I was listening to 98.7 ESPN New York today, and oh, yesterday they were at Jets camp, and they're interviewing Todd Bowles and Sheldon Richardson and you know McCown and whoever. They're interviewing everybody in the Jets. They're going through. A plus the list there. Right. They're going through the whole nine. Sheldon Richardson was actually fascinating. That guy was spitting this. Oh, truth. he he can help me talk. He was spitting the truth and he throwing. Too much sometimes. Yo, he was throwing shade at Brandon Marshall, but that's not even the the interesting part to me. So this guy's Cian Fahey. He is a Irish quarterback guru. He's a big NFL writer, stat guy. He put out this tweet that I thought was hilarious, and it's basically breaking down all of the quotes that NFL players, coaches, and GMs say during training camp that are absolute dog shit. Right. So I'm listening to the Jets, and I'm listening to player X and player Y say this and that. So I'm just going to read a couple of these, and you're going to tell me if you don't hear these every single day during training camp. Number one, the past is the past. We're taking this one game at a time, just looking forward. Tell me you don't hear that every single time there's a training camp going on. Or I have great confidence in our new guys. 
Oh, yeah, of course. I'm really excited to play about with Player X in this new scheme. These are all just like ridiculous things that you hear every single time. And that poses the question to me. We talk so much in sports media, sports talk, all this stuff, about guys being authentic or guys being you know, afraid to say what's on their mind. Or then we criticize somebody who says something that's on his mind. Where do you guys fall on this? Would you rather have a player who says a bunch of this BS, a.k.a., oh, I've never seen player X's focus, he's going to have a great bounce back year. Or would you rather them be authentic like Sheldon Richardson and throw shade at Brandon Marshall? Like, where do you guys fall on this um, debate of how players should act in the media? I think just like at this point in the season, there's nothing to say. So, like, you're going to get these mundane, robotic answers. I mean, it's cool to see guys like Sheldon Richardson. I'm sure Brandon Marshall is right back at him. But at the end of the day, it's August 8th, and this means something. So how do you this feel about boring. Todd Bowles saying to the question, this is a specific quote, they asked him, what would you consider a successful season? And he said, if we win a Super Bowl. It's like, what's he going to tell? We win three games? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what's he going to say? Yeah. I hope we get the number one pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I don't know. Hey, he's fighting for his job too, right? So he's just he's, he's just got to play it, he's right? Done. He's just a lame duck right now. Yeah, they they make the playoffs in the beginning next year. They're not gonna make the playoffs the whole time. They might you, be the worst the worst offensive team ever. So the whole time I'm thinking about when I'm hearing this is Jet fans, right? So I'm thinking you're hearing your head coach who two years ago you loved, last year maybe not as much. This year you're kind of just like whatever on him. You're hearing him like hope for a Super Bowl. Like, what do you think? Like, what goes through your head as a Jets fan? And your right now? number one wide receiver, who's really a number three or four wide receiver, is now out for the season. So you literally have nobody. Like, <laughs> but know. wait, wait! Christian Hackenberg threw a seventy-yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson in practice today. Oh, that's nice. a little bit of worse. <laughs> the, the, the mini seven on seven like reports. Like, what's worse though? What's is it worse when the beat reporter? Tweets it out, or is it worse when all your Jeff fan friends retweet get hyped it up. and get hyped about it? Um, well, the hyped up, but I think I don't know. It's definitely just the reporting. I don't need to think about. It. I guess it's their job. There's nothing else. Oh, it absolutely, say. is their job. Yeah, but, no, it's annoying. <laughs> Are you a Jets fan? Yeah, but I was yeah. I was waiting for you to like say that. Like as a Jets fan, yeah. I I hate myself. But. We'll be saying that much. Just, no, I mean, I'm, I think the future should be all right. We have Adams in May. Um, McCagan had a pretty good track record of drafting, so I'm hoping, you know, we're building it up. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can hope for, really, yeah. right? Like, I think you have the I hope Hackenberg is good. Like, I think he's good in college. He's a high draft pick. And people liked him. You can't see people never never did like him. So I'm hoping, hopefully he starts. I mean, probably doing a whole McCagan for three, four games and him get hurt. Just, just put Hackenberg it's just hard work. because there's nothing surrounding him. Nothing it's like when yeah. Sanchez was here. After those two years they went to the Super Bowl, they just didn't surround him with anyone. No yeah. wide receivers, just offensive line shape. Robbie Anderson. Like, you're not putting him in a good situation to I even can't see what he has. The guy named Peak or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah Sean Peak, Peak um, Darius Stewart. Or Leggett, the tight end. Like it. Like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Forte, like Powell. Like. It's sad. I don't well, know, man. They're the, going to be interesting. The it's only thing be... that you should be sad about is that no one said, quote, I'm surprised how quickly Player X picked up the playbook. No one said that on the Jets. No one said that about Hackenberg. <laughs> well, they are the new guys. So they got just guys who've been here every year. <laughs> For real. All right. Well, I guess that's enough on the Jets, right? We don't yeah. need to go too far. We made our jokes. We had our laughs. Uh, so let's talk about the Giants. They played Cleveland Week 5. Who, the Jets? Yep. That'll be uh, the fight. That'll be a definitive game. I don't know. I think Cleveland... Could win two or three games. <laughs> I think I don't know if the Jets are going to win one. You game. said that like the Jets have no chance to win two or three. I really don't see how who who they're going to beat. Like I don't understand. 
Like, I know, they're yeah. that bad. And I think Bowles is just... What happened? What happened? What's going to happen? And then they're going to have to get an offensive guru to pair with this rookie QB who they're going to draft, and that's it. But see, are the Jets favorite any game this season? Uh, I don't know. If all, all eight home games. Out. I'm just talking to say, probably see, not. Can you see a scenario where they are favorite to win? Or are they, are they home against Cleveland? No, it's in Cleveland. Then they're going to be a two point underdog. <laughs> like that, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, uh, Kevin wants me to go to that game. I'm like, dude, I'm not. I, I, I travel in school, like going football games to school, but I'm not spending. <laughs> you want to go see the Browns? I'm not and playing. Jets? I'm not playing three hundred dollar flight to go see Cleveland play. You can pay a three hundred dollar flight to get to Cleveland, and then you can pay three dollars to get into the stadium. Probably, it's but must say, cheap. it is um, it is playoff baseball season. Uh-huh. There's gonna be a slight chance the Yankees play the Indians. Yeah, it could be, but. Hey, maybe you gotta hedge uh, your bets. I'm here. not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Well, anyway. That's enough about the Jets. Let's move on to the Giants and the NFC East in general. Because I was listening to one of my guys, Colin Cowherd, today. Best division of football. Colin Cowherd made his predictions for the NFC. I should listen to that. I was listening, and I was uh, I was working, but I had it on in the background. All of a sudden, NFC East. Ooh, so I quit. I click quick over. See who he's going to pick. Because I actually like his NFL predictions. He's pretty good at that I stuff. I know who he picked. And he picked a team that shocked me. Joe, do you know who he picked to win the division? No, but is it the Philadelphia Eagles? It is the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think that's as crazy as everyone thinks it is. I mean, after he started explaining it, I started buying in. But I was a little annoyed because, you know, the Giants are expected to do well. But Carson Wentz had a pretty good year last year. They actually had a good offseason and a good draft. Is there a chance the Eagles are better than the Cowboys and the Giants? No. I mean, but listen, the NFC East is one of those weird divisions where everyone, every year, someone else wins the division. I don't remember the last time someone went back-to-back and won the division. It might have been those years when Donovan McNabb was yeah, you're right. with the Eagles. But, like, every year, it's someone else. I think Philly did a good job in free agency. I think Wentz is a really good quarterback, or is going to become a really good quarterback. And the Cowboys and the Giants have tough schedules. Who won? Yeah, they were so Cowboys. good last year. What? Who won before the Cowboys? Redskins? The Redskins. Yeah, Redskins. So, I don't think it's that crazy. I agree. I mean, I like Carson Wentz. I always have. I wanted him over Goff like the whole time in that draft, and I liked what I saw out of him last year. I mean, comfortable, like confident. Obviously, had some hiccups along the way, but expected. He might take one of those huge strides, and he like very well could be leaps and bounds ahead of Dak Prescott this year. They got Jeffrey, as a quarterback. They got Smith. They got Blunt. The defense made plays last year. I think Darren Sproles throwing around. Uh, yeah, Jordan is. Matthews. They're good, they're good team. I I think I'd rather pick Washington over Philly. Yeah, it's Rob Royer, you got Crowder. Um, yeah, but they lost Deshaun Jackson. They lost Pierre Garçon. Jordan Reed's always hurt. True. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I think I'm, they're more more solid than me. I, I feel like Philly has the upside. But yeah. Washington, they have, the, they have their offensive plays. Their players have been there. Cousins is very good. I don't know. It should be interesting. The defense ain't too bad. Well, I have a completely unscientific theory on the Giants. We haven't mentioned the Giants yet. <laughs> yeah, I have a completely unscientific. Like, there's no statistics behind this. Like, there's nothing behind this. But as a Giants fan, I just know this. When the Giants are expected to be very good, they're often not. And when they're expected to be mediocre or poor, they're often good. And this is one of those years where it's, Oh, the Giants got the offensive They're weapons loaded. back. They're loaded. The offense, they still got Eli. The defense was awesome last year. Everybody's picking the Giants to be right next to the Cowboys, if not ahead of them, in the NFC East. And what that tells me is, I ain't picking the Giants to win. The, you can make the division. case the Giants have the more talented roster in the whole division, right? 
you can easily make that. That uh, they had the best defense last year. One of the most talented spots in football. They have the best skill players players in that division. Yeah. They don't have the best O line, but no. You know who does have the best O line? The Eagles and the Cowboys. Is their weakness the left guard, um, the left tackle? Their weakness is Eli. Throws a lot of picks. Um, you're going over Calvin Coward. Um, they're scheduled to travel all over the place this season. Um, Brandon Marshall has to. I'm mean, sure he'll adjust the first year. He always starts. He always good the first year on the team. Seems that way. But you know they have five, six running backs. That's not good. Paul Perkins, Shane Vereen, hopefully. Rashad can... Jennings, Darkwood. Like, nah, Jennings ain't on the Giants yes, right he now. Is is he? Yep. He's back. No, He's Jennings is free agent. Yeah. Is he? Are you sure? Yeah. He was dancing with the stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of running backs. Yeah, that's true. And they don't have one. Which they is they have a tight end. They have a blocking tight end. Defense is very, very good. A year older though. So yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I mean, as always, the NFC East is just a damn crapshoot. I can't remember a year where, you know, there was a consensus NFC East pick, and they won. Again, when does that happen? I think the NFC South like that, too. Besides the Saints, maybe, I think all the Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers are very, three very good teams. Yeah. Because I think the NFC not top-heavy, but they're, like, loaded. There's a couple teams. The four NFC East teams, three South. I'm just picking the Packers. North, Bears suck. The Lions are never going to be good. The Vikings have to be a quarterback. The West, Seattle's going to be good. Arizona, eh. I like Arizona, but eh. Palmer's like 45 years old. He can't right. move. Yeah. Took 40 sacks last season. And um, 49ers are rebuilding. Probably a little fight. Shannon has a very good coach. A little fight team. And when with the Rams, or the Rams. Like, right. The power lies in the East and the South in the NFC. Like, that is by far the most tight division in the NFC, and it's not even close. And I think that like really stinks for Giants fans and like my boy Joe over here like for yeah. the Cowboys fans because you if the Giants and Cowboys were dispersed in the NFL they would probably be close to you know favorites in most divisions or close to it yeah definitely you know what I mean they'd be almost a shoe in for a wild card if not a division but in this NFC East where everybody just beats each other up yeah. it's so hard to feel confident the Giants will be in the playoffs or the Cowboys will be in the playoffs that, for your for your case yeah it's Top and then they're playing the AFC West this year, which is I think is the best division in football. Oh, they, they don't have a weakness at all. No, who's That's their weakest crazy team? Division Chargers. The Chargers and the Chargers are good. And they have Philip when Philip Rivers is yeah. on the field. I mean, they're going to compete. Like six close games last year. They're going to compete. Yeah. yeah, I mean, those teams don't catch. I mean, oh, I mean, hate the Chargers already lost Mike Williams. I was excited to see him play. They lost their left guard, right guard, the guy Lamp. Did they? And Andrew, he sucked in training camp. And he still stood on Sharper last week. I was scared if you were Yeah, I, I heard about that. I heard about I that just, one. And that's not one of those like, beat reporters right away. They're just tweeting it out. It gets on a, in a car. But you, it, could be, it, could be not, it was nothing. It could be, something could be something. It's like, uh-huh. We it's saw scary. that with Quincy and Nuno. It was something. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a shame. It's, All right, well, let's do this. Let's do our way too early NFC East predictions. One more. One more. Okay, go ahead. Oh, what do you got? No, no, no. Not the NFC East. Uh, I don't need to know records. I just want to know order. What do you got for the NFC East? Give me the order. I'll I feel like the pick. I'll go Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins. Whoa! You putting your team third? Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a good year. See, you're playing by my method. I was gonna put the Giants third because I when I the just, Giants are expected to do well, I can't trust them. Between the Elliott nonsense, I think he's gonna get suspended at least two games. I don't think they did enough on defense. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a good year. What do you think about Dak Prescott? I think that's an interesting topic. Um, I don't think he's going to be as good as last year. I don't think he's going to be horrible. But How much do you know. love his demeanor, though? Oh, I love his demeanor. He's the best. Yeah. 
not, he's totally unfazed by everything. Like, the quarterback of Dallas Cowboys is, like, shortstop for the Yankees. Like, that's what it is. And it just doesn't seem to phase him at all. Um, I think what actually helped him last year as a rookie was Des Bryant being hurt, as crazy as that sounds, because he didn't need that me, me, me receiver who he feels like I have to get him the ball all the time. And he's able to spread it out to Witten and Beasley and Williams and dump-offs. So I'm kind of nervous to see how his full season goes with Des because we know how Des can get when he's on the sideline hollering for the ball. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think last year was kind of fluky. They had an easy schedule because they were so bad the year before. They have a hard schedule this so year. This year, it's arguably gone. the hardest. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see a good year for them. I think eight and eight, nine and seven is the best they're going to be. Wow. What I love most about Dak Prescott, I remember one of the criticisms that he heard specifically is that. So I think some player came out and said, "We have a a whole year of tape on you now. Like we're going to come at you now." And Dak Prescott, calm, cool, and collected, responds with. Don't forget, I also have a year of tape on you, too. Yeah, I know. So he, he's just ready to go. And some of the best plays I saw Dak Prescott make was him simply rolling right or rolling left and throwing the ball away. That's how calm, cool, and collected he is. And I saw the same thing out of Carson Wentz, honestly, as well. Between Eli, Kirk, Dak, and Carson, those are just sound quarterbacks, guys who can get the job done. But, Phil, what do you think about the NFC East? you think, uh, I think for the Giants— I think there's a favorite? For the Giants, there's a lot of um, chefs in the kitchen. So when shit hits the fan, who's going to take you know, the leadership role? Is it Eli? Eli never really is vocal, right? He just does his thing. You have Marshall. You know, he's going to try to be vocal. First-year player. You have Odell, who should be a leader, but you know, he doesn't always show the best leadership skills on, I, on and off the field. I can debate that. Let me finish. Yeah. Um, you're going to have um, Landon Collins, should be a leader. JPP has been there very long. Should be a leader. Um, missing somebody else. Um, Cromarty. Rogers Cromarty should be a leader. Like, there's a lot of... Damon Harrison. There you go. That's the guy. That's he the is the leader. So, like, there's, like... I just named seven, eight players who are, like, chiefs, right? So, when shit hits the fan, it shit hits the fan, who's going to be that calm, cool, collective guy in the locker room on the field who's going to make plays and keep everybody calm? That's a good point. When you say calm, cool, collected... Odell's not that guy. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but as far as leadership in general, when you hear other Giants talk about Odell Beckham, you know, like Rich, they... Richburg too. Like these guys, they have a lot of A plus players. Yeah, are leaders, but you know you can't have nine, ten leaders on the team. It'd be, it'd be, you'd be that leadership like qualities, but like to have ten mouths going at once, who's, who's stepping it up? Yeah, we gotta play better. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot. That's especially, an interesting especially, point, especially for McAdoo, because I feel like McAdoo is kind of a big players coach. He's when Coughlin's there, he's the leader. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's gonna be yeah, I think a, lot of, a lot of things going on. McAdoo's a players coach, definitely. Yeah, Benny with he the just good got hair. them all Jordans. You see that the whole team? They're doing the fucking Cupid shuffle in the locker room. He brought them all Jordan fours. The whole <laughs> team. I love that. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> he redid his hair. Now he's a new guy. He got the slick back hair now. Hair. <laughs> now he's the. But yeah, I mean, I think Giants should be the favorite moving in. I, I I totally agree with Joe. The Cowboys didn't improve at really at all. Um, their defense is very um, bend but don't break, and they might be they're gonna start breaking this. But season. what made their defense so good was their run game. Yeah, you're right. You know, and Dak's right. just controlling yeah. the offense. But they lost two offensive linemen. Elliott is I don't know. I think he's a big question mark this year. I'm not as high on him as I was last year. I'm so surprised to hear the Cowboy fans so pessimistic over here. Because I think he's gonna get suspended. I think he's a head case. They lost two offensive linemen. What about Jalen Smith? I is love Jalen Smith. He's going to play? I'm a Notre Dame fan. I know. Is he going to play? Um, yeah. I think they'll ease him in. 
But um, he lost Claiborne. Claiborne went to the Jets. Yeah, Claiborne's gone. That's they didn't get another cornerback. Then that's we we we. It's just I I they still don't have the pass rush. For some reason, I like the Redskins in second. I think Taco Charlton's gonna be a huge bust. That was a shit pick. Okay. <laughs> I like Chidobe Woozy though, who they got in the second round, but I think Charlton's gonna be a bust. I'm gonna go with similar to John. I'm gonna go Giants, Redskins, Cowboys. Wow. All right. Well, I don't even know where to go at this point. I think I'm. Really I'm, laugh for you. I you laid it all out <laughs> for me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Giants are gonna win. I'm gonna throw the Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins. Uh, but there's no reasoning behind this, and that's why this is the way too early prediction. So yeah. it doesn't, doesn't even matter. We're get, we have we have more time to figure out these predictions. These are just for. Fun. Always break out players. There's always Giants. Look, Giants had the quarterback there. They had the receivers to give them. Defense is there. The special teams are good. Right. Like they were in there last year. It should be healthy. There's no reason for them to be bad. Like I said, there's a lot of Eagles down locker room. The one thing I hope the Giants are better at this year is red zone offense because they were brutal last year at times on that. And with Engram and Marshall and obviously having Odell and, you know, I think like Shane Vereen can play a nice role there. If they can just be a little bit more sound on offense and their defense stays the same, they should be there. They should be in it to win it. But we'll see. Uh, uh, it'd be really interesting to see the trilogy, man, Patriots-Giants. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be... Imagine Eli takes down Tom for the third time. I think if <laughs> the Patriots win, I think he doesn't want him to die, but that's one way, a hell of a way to go out. Back to back. Brady. Oh. Back to back beating the Giants. Beating the guy you couldn't beat? Yeah. Oh, that would be hilarious. Oh, not for the Giants fan, but that would, be, that would just be an amazing story in general. I think one more thing we should touch about, uh, Jay Cutler. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to bring <laughs> yeah. up next. I was just going to bring it up. You um, don't give Did you guys fuck. bring your pack of bogeys? Your pack of cigarettes <laughs> for Jay Cutler? I, I'm sure I don't think I'm the first person to say this, but I think he's like, you call Jay Cutler, like, hey, you may want to play with the Dolphins. He's like, give me $10 million. And like, oh, he's like, He's a god. They're not gonna give me ten million dollars. Here, Jay, here's ten million dollars. Oh, I guess I'll play. I must say, like that team didn't wasn't make or break with Tannehill, so they could they're gonna be still in it. Colors like he throws the ball over the place, and yeah, he could probably make more like, longer throws than Tannehill. Maybe I don't know. Like, he's, well, you know what? This is the, this is the funny business here. All right, so everyone <laughs> thinks that Jay Cutler is his gunslinger, right? But his year with Adam Gates, he actually he threw yeah. a lot of short passes. I think the guy Cian Fahey, the guy, uh, the Irish guy we talked about before with all those crappy quotes from training camp that he was joking around with, he said that he had a, a higher percentage of sh- uh, throws within 10 yards than Alex Smith did. He threw more, like a higher percentage than Alex Smith, and he's the guy who is literally known for dump, dink and dunk. Right, and that actually fits this Miami team because when he was doing that in Chicago that year, he was throwing underneath to Eddie Royal, was there kind of underneath less He was getting like eight catches a game. Type now, of guy. Jar- that's Jarvis Landry's role in Miami. He hardly ever goes longer than 10 yards. And he's good at it. And he's really, I mean, he's much better than Eddie Royal. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't think, I don't know if they'll, they, they made the playoffs last year. I don't know if they'll get back there, but I I think they'll have a good year. I mean, if you think about the Dolphins and you think about Jay Ajahi, who was great last year, if he can run the ball effectively again right. and their defense is average, they're in the AFC East. All right, say they lose twice to the Patriots. Say they beat the Jets twice. Say they beat they take the take the Bills. You, you can't even like say the division title like take, oh, not, No, but I'm saying, but that division sets them up for a path three to wins. a wild card. It's a fully four wins, yeah. You know what I mean? Because the Patriots are going to win the division, and then the Dolphins are right behind as the only other team that's you know decent. But you look right at the AFC. Um, Joseph the West probably the best division. Oh yeah, that's you, got, true. you got the Broncos. I think the Broncos going to be that good this year. The quarterback. Eh. I love the Chiefs. But Chiefs. Yeah. Um, Chiefs Raiders. Um, I don't know. Jason Raiders, right? I think San Diego's going to get San into San Diego. Then you have... Um, I really like San Diego. Pittsburgh and Baltimore's always there. 
Bengals. Bengals, eh. And like, South's going to be good, too. I'm, got a, Mariota, big, I'm a big got Joe Flacco hater. Mariota Luck. Um, and Houston is a playoff team. The AFC's, like, all on the board, they're all, like, average good teams. They're all competing for, like, two spots. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It will be fun. And hey, there's always this, here. There's always breakaway teams. There's always breakout teams. There's, there's always, always a teams. big injury. And there's always teams that disappoint. Like, it could be the Steelers this year. Yeah, Big Ben goes down. Yeah. And he's been, he's gone down before. Yeah. He's always seems to come back. Maybe this year he's not going to come back. To make it full circle, it's like why I think NBA is exceeding like the NFL, but NFL only has 16 games. That's why it makes every every Sunday is an event. Yeah. You still got to play the games. I cannot wait to hear freaking Chris Han is his name Chris Hansen from the Red Zone guy or is it Scott not Scott Hansen I, I direct I'm so, sorry. I direct I'm so TV. sorry Scott I just Leanna Chris is the Chris, catch a predator guy <laughs> yeah. who's Chris Hansen the catch a predator yeah. guy who the, what the what no, I, catch I, a predator I, I, I TV show I don't even know that no, is. So you don't want to. <laughs> I don't even know. We'll look it up. Scott young. Hansen, You're though. <laughs> I can't wait to see that man's beautiful face I, on I the have, red zone. I have direct TV, so I, I have uh, Siciliano. I don't oh, we, don't, we don't have the same guy. I don't have direct TV. I'm not Rob Lowe. Um, I'm Rob I'm just I'm Rob Polinka, the other you? Rob Lowe. <laughs> wait, can we? This is completely off topic. But did you hear what Rob Polinka said when Kentavious Caldwell Pope got signed? That whole thing with... Who? Kentavious Caldwell Pope, who, who, who? Rob Blinka, the GM of the Lakers. Oh no, the guy who looks okay. just like Rob Lowe. Okay. All right, so if you guys, as the listeners here, do not know about Rob Blinka, he's a former agent. He represented Kobe Bryant. He represented James Harden. A whole lot of high-profile guys in the NBA. Gave up his agent job to become the GM of the Lakers. Works with Magic Johnson. The Lakers signed Kentavious Caldwell Pope. You know, a thing that Lakers fans and people should be happy right. about. Nothing too crazy. And Rob Palenka at the press conference decides to pull out a quote from Genesis, the Bible. Turned out it was actually the wrong book. It was actually a quote from Exodus. But he said, you remember that time when the Israelites were in the desert and they had no food? And then a bunch of bread started falling down from heaven? And he turns to Contavious Caldwell Pope and pats him on the back. That's what, that's what today is like for us when we get Contavious Caldwell Pope. Are you kidding me? I mean, this guy is suave. He's good looking. He's in shape. He's a cool dude, but what? I know. You're comparing Kentavious Caldwell Pope to bread that's feeding a nation? Oh, my God. That was, that's like, a, that's that was Magic hilarious. Johnson. That's a Magic Johnson. She's banging out Magic Johnson a little too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. All right. Well, that's a nice off-topic thing for you. I got one more thing I want to touch on before we get out, head out for the day, and that was something from a quarterback in college at UCLA. His right. name goes by Josh Rosen. And if you have not heard the one-liner – from his quote, he basically said in an interview, raise up those SAT requirements at Alabama and see what kind of team they put on the field. Now I have the full quote here. I think we take it away context. Right. So I wanted to give people the, the quote that was given to most. Like you may have yeah. seen that on Twitter. The, cu- the couplet, yeah. Right? But that was not the whole thing. So Phil has the whole story. Our, our great friend's Bleacher Report said, so that's reality for student athletes playing at a major university. I don't know the prior question, but Rosen said, I didn't say that. You did. Laughs. Look, football and school don't go together. They just don't. Trying to do both is like trying to do two full-time jobs. There are guys who have no business being in school, but they're here because they're prepared to the NFL. There's no other way. Then there's the other side that they say raise the SAT, SAT scores. Okay, raise the SAT requirement in Alabama and see what kind of team they have. Who's the athletes when they, when, and when the product on the field suffers. So he's saying, like, it's too, which I've been obvious for years. Like, there's a play, there's schools who take great pride in having the best like students, students, and there's teams like, hey, 
It's like Kentucky. We're going to NFL. We're going to NBA. Come over here. Right. And I think I think it wasn't throwing shade at Alabama. It was just I mean, it would be a compliment. Like, hey, you, get, you guys are always winning. You want to take SAT scores, like, they're not going to win anymore. Right. It wasn't like a bash. But I must say it's stupid for him to point Alabama because he has an NFL future, most people say. And there's a lot, it's a lot of Alabama defenders out there who are going to remember that quote on, on NFL Sunday next year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier today. I mean... Do you want players to be real, or do you want them to say the same garbage over and over again? Yeah. Josh Rosen, uh, according to a guy I heard on the herd earlier today, who has known him from camps and whatnot, says he's always the guy who's going to speak his mind, and that's what he did. And he's—that I mean—he has valid points behind that, right? There are schools like Stanford and Notre Dame who have strict SAT requirements, and then there's schools who want to get the best athletes, hey, no the, matter what their hey, score is. There's a, there's a NCAA requirement. There's a on whatever, whatever it is. That's, that's what you need to get into play football, right? There's, there's no. Extra points you get for a game for raising your safety scores. Exactly. And I don't think he's really throwing shade at Alabama. He's he's just literally proving a factual piece of information about the NCAA. He goes to any school. He goes to Florida, Georgia, USC. You can throw his own school in there. Oh, you go ahead. I think he was just using Alabama as an example because... They're powerhouse. Powerhouse. Number one every year. It was just, you know, just using them as an example. I don't think it was a shot at them. But I, I, the media is going to make it that way because that's what the media does. But you know, absolutely. And I heard Brady Quinn today also on the herd. A lot, a lot of herd for me today, yeah. and he was talking about how it, it was like at Notre Dame for him to be a student and be the quarterback. And he was a true freshman starting for Notre Dame and trying to take classes. He said it was extraordinarily hard for him to go to class and be the quarterback and take it like as serious as possible. This and that. So I can't speak to his, you know, experience, but I can speak to mine. I know Joe, you can speak to yours. Because he said, if you wanted to be a doctor and you wanted to play a sport, you needed to play for a D3 school. Now, Joe, you played a Division three sport, correct? Yep. yep. I played two years of a Division three sport as well. That is almost like a full-time job. Yeah. Like, that is, I'm sure you can agree, or you maybe have a slightly different situation, but six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Yeah. You have to schedule your classes around that. You have to do your homework around that. You have to and you have to be eating, sleeping, and yeah. preparing for your games correctly. Like, that's at Division three, You yeah. know what? You know what I mean? So these guys at the Division one level who are, you know, bound for the NFL or bound for bowl games if you're not, like, the best player on the team, how the hell are they supposed to balance that out? It's impossible. Like, how do you – how do you, It's impossible. How would you talk to that from your experience to try to relate it to what a Division one athlete might go through knowing what you went through as a Division three student athlete? Like, a true student athlete. Yeah, it was – it was so difficult. Like you don't, you have to practice. You have to travel. You're getting home late. Division three. You're not staying over in you know hotels. We're getting home late on the bus. You have class early in the morning. It's extremely difficult. And I don't know how these Division one guys do it, where they're playing a game in California and then they're <laughs> traveling. Especially basketball players. Sometimes yeah. they have a game California and you're going to Michigan and to play at the Garden. Like when are you going to class? Class is not. The most important thing. Anyone who says that is a liar. Yeah. There's no way a guy is going to, you know, miss a class or miss a game or practice for Coach K, right? (laughs) Just because they have science homework. There's no way. It's just not how it works. That reminds me of when we had Steve Rosser from Davidson, one of Steph Curry's teammates during that whole March Madness run. He's at Davidson, which is a very small Division I school, where he lived in the same dorms as regular students, and he had to go to class, and he said how he pulled an all-nighter before the game he played UCLA, which was against Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Like, 
And he had to finish a science project. He legit right. had to finish a project before he went to go play Kevin and I, Love and Russell Westbrook. When I was on vacation, actually, I read Jay Williams' book. Uh, the former great Duke guard had the bad accident when he was mm-hmm. with the Bulls. That book has to be about 350 pages. Never once did he mention anything about class or school. <laughs> it was playing at MSG and then actually coming to Staten Island the night after his game because he had a girlfriend who lived on Staten Island. Wow, hey, and, shout and, out. And played for Wagner wow. and partying with her and then taking the ferry back at 4 a.m. Wow. Like, there was no class. There was none of that. Like, and like Cardell Jones has tweeted or a couple years ago, I didn't come here to play school. No, they come there to play football. <laughs> And they have to go to school, and they have to get a 2.0, whatever they need to get. I'm so it. glad you brought up that Cardell Jones thing, because if you bring Josh Rosen's quote, and you bring Cardell Jones' uh, quote, at face value, they seem like they're on opposite sides, right? The they seem like complete thing. opposite. They're actually proving the same point. Josh Rosen is just saying that if you think school is, like, the most important thing, you're crazy. And Cardell Jones saying, I, if you think I'm going to school, you're crazy. Yeah. So it's the same exact thing. but Especially these NBA guys. School's like not winning. Ben Simmons, <laughs> who went to LSU. No, all didn't. these guys that go to Kentucky, they they go there. They have to be eligible for... One semester. Like... Half a semester, <laughs> and then they gotta they, burn. They should just burn. Once the, tape. the season's over, they stop going to class. Or once even January rolls around, you stop going to class because your grades don't come out for the spring semester until after. May. Yeah. So the season's over already, and they're working yeah. out after the NCAA tournament. It's it's a joke. You know what must suck if you're like say the the eleventh or twelfth uh, man in Kentucky, but like you actually you, you know you're not going to the NBA. You're trying to have All a right. career after, and like your boys are Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, like you guys are man tight. But they're just doing whatever they want because they don't exactly. care. And you have, like, a paper to write? Like, like, what? What about those kids, like, say football? Like, they're, like, the third three running back, fourth three running back. And they're trying to, like, make it to make it make reps. But they don't, like, hey, I'm not going to the NFL, but I, I want to play. Like, do they sacrifice the extra reps, the extra workouts for, like, studying? I would say a lot of people It's a lot of pressure for a student who wants to play, right? This is it for him in football, but he also, like, he, he knows, like, hey, I have to, you know, do well here. I mean, to pull it back to Division Three, no one from Division Three. well, I mean, maybe two or three guys a year, no one from Division Three is going to the NFL, right? I knew kids in my school who gave up school for football. Like, they took more, they saying. took football more serious on Division Three. So, if on Division One, they're definitely That's taking saying, that more yeah. serious. So, like, if you're a backup catcher, right, like, you you don't want to sit there all day, every day. You want to, you know, it's not... It's weird. It's tough. The NCAA uh, has like this weird problems going on NCAA now. NCAA is a joke. That's why I like this it. thing was a UFC kick, UCF kicker who had to shut down his YouTube page because he was making too much money. I don't know. He's a elaborate. He's a kicker on uh, whatever Central Florida UCF Bulls, I think. And Green team. He's yeah. um, is his YouTube page, and he does all these uh, trick shots. To make the all from yeah. So he's he started making good money on YouTube. He's getting a lot of hits and whatnot. And the NCAA said, you either shut down the YouTube page or you can't play football. And he said, I'm not shutting down the YouTube page. And now Isn't that he's stupid? Ineligible, ineligible to play. Like say, if, um, say, you're like a man gen- say you're a man genius, right? You were going to college. Like you got like, big money to do a project. Right. Like a, like a consulting project. And you, you can make all the money you want. Right. Yeah. You're using your skills. It's, uh, it's yeah. so crazy. It's it, so dumb. It really is. Like, really you, is you, you did video in college. Imagine like, like ESPN hired you for like, a project. They paid you like 10 grand. Right. Like imagine you cause it not. I mean, you, I'm thinking about this, this little measly podcast here, right? Yeah. Say, because I did this podcast while I was in college. That's when I started uh, doing it with, with sportsblognerd.com. 
if I started making money off that when I was in college, would I have not have been allowed to play baseball? Like, what would have happened there? And then uh, Barstool was making fun of Alabama every year before the start of the season. They have like this long line of fa- that they have, first of all, their fans are insane. Yeah. Oh my but God. they all rush into the stadium to get autographs from all the different players and coaches, like grown men, like 50 years old, <laughs> running with footballs, like trampling over like teenagers to get autographs from these kids. Kids, literally kids. And then what do you think they're doing when they... First of all, they probably do this every year, and then they're selling yeah. the autographs and whatnot from the kids. Like, And they, the kids can't sell their own jerseys or give an autograph for I would say... I was, it's like, a joke. I, Cole McCoy, I would take for example. Like, he, his peak was Texas, right? Yeah. Like, he made money, I felt yeah. like. His he's, jerseys... His right, peak a Texas, legend. He never made... A, he shouldn't have made a dollar in Texas. That's like his, like, his peak of profitability was really at Texas. Yeah. He couldn't make a dollar. No. But then there's just like so Troy many, Smith, so like people who are at their peak during right. college. There's just so many other players. It's so tough. There's thousands and thousands of athletes. Yeah, maximize it's your value. It's maximize, impossible. Maximize your value. Well, we really went all over the place today on this podcast, but that I enjoyed the plan, it. That was the plan. Yeah. Yeah, that was the plan. We told you in the beginning it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of BS. We're gonna talk about a lot of different stuff, and I think we did just that. Definitely got a good time. Anybody have uh, closing statements? Anything uh, going on? Let's go Yankees. Uh, I can't wait for football. Yeah, I can't wait for <laughs> basketball too. That's when you know. That's you know it's been a bad long season for you guys. Well, August eighth, you guys. Let's go. Baseball season for the Mets. You know it's a tough Mets season when you're looking forward to the Knicks season. That's how you know yeah. it's bad. Yeah, in, yeah. In Knicks news, Scott Perry has been hiring a bunch of front office members. Oh, uh, Michael Beasley. A lot of guys with good reputations: Michael Beasley, Ramon Sessions, Damian Dotson, all officially part of the New York Knicks. Oh, remote sessions. To oh. give you the irrelevant news of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like 2008 and one of them. <laughs> Who, Ramon Sessions? Yeah, I think yeah. a good player. Oh, I right. think wasn't a, like a veteran point guard. Like, remote sessions. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he was hurt. He's hopefully, literally a veteran point guard. <laughs> hopefully he can play some games this year. All right, well, that's all we got for today. This is the Sports Blog in New York podcast. My name is Pete Kennedy. Joe Staubach. Phil DeMaio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And always, give us your feedback on this very fine podcast, the Sports Blog New York podcast, and have a good day.